Yo, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of the Just Different Podcast, where we talk everything faith, life, and culture. I'm your host, Darren Starks, and today I am joined by an extremely special guest, Kaya Anderson. She's a content creator, influencer, and mentor, and honestly, overall, just a powerhouse for the kingdom. I've had the privilege of following her for a while now as her account and ministry was getting started, and I've just seen her take on this meteoric rise as God continues to expand her influence. And her ministry really revolves around helping young women grow and go deeper in their relationship with God. And that's really exactly what we talk about today in this conversation. We really start with speaking to practical and tangible ways for you to get closer to God. Then we speak to something a lot of us struggle with, even myself, and that's hearing the voice of God and ways to actually cultivate that within your life. And the importance of discipleship, like the sheer just reality of having people around you that are more spiritually mature, seasoned, and just have experience with God and how that changes everything. And something else that we got into that I wasn't expecting is speaking to open doors that we have to the enemy and how to close them, what those open doors are, and just what it looks like to eliminate those from our lives so we can stay completely available for God. So I thought this was fitting. It made a lot of sense because in the first episode of this year, I added like an open-ended question on Spotify asking what you all wanted to do or were expecting for 2024. And the overwhelming response was really to just go deeper in our relationship with God. And so this episode, Friday's episode, and honestly, the next two weeks, we're going to be speaking a lot to a lot of the things that you all mentioned. And I know that you are wanting to work on me included. And this was a really big part of that conversation. So I absolutely love this. This was amazing and exciting. And I know it's going to bless you too. So without further ado, let's get into it. And so I know this is a question that you probably get often, but from what you're telling me, You know, a lot of people always ask us, what does it look like for me to actually get closer to God, grow in my relationship with him? And so, you know, what do you have to say to that? And what did that look like for you? You know, of course, you talk about getting into godly community, getting connected to mentors, having people pouring into you. Outside of that, what are other things that you did yourself and that you even impart to other people, how they can make those steps going forward? It's a hard one because... I don't want to operate on a spirit of religion because there's peer, pe- there's people who are, you know, reading their word. There's people who are praying and doing all the things, but they still feel disconnected. And so I honestly mm-hmm. would say it is your environment that plays a big role and not just you being in spaces. You know, some people, they go to church and then they sit in the back and they're like, oh, got my feeling. You know, it's like, no, truly getting connected, being vulnerable, asking for help and receiving Feedback is a really big one for me because, you know, we know we have these struggles, but the moment somebody pointed out, it point out our flaws, then we're like, hold up, you're getting, you're doing too much. And so Fair. honestly, it is the people I was connected to in the, in the church that I go to, like I said, is very prophetic. And I know a lot of churches don't flow, you know, in the apostolic anointing, in prophecy, in deliverance, but that's what changed my life. So I would say that is my answer is to grow close to God is to pray that God sends you the right people because you can't do it alone. If you try to do it alone, you will stumble every single time. And that may not be that you find someone in person. If you have to start online, start online, but start somewhere and be accountable to someone because every time you're going to fall if you do it by yourself. And that's that's what led me to fall for so many years. I'd always been a Christian. I'd always been to church, but I didn't actually be uncomfortable and step in spaces where Mm -hmm. people actually knew me and were going to challenge me to rise above my type of living or my, my idea of my standard. And when that happened, I was able to grow. 
I love that. No, no, that no, that's perfect. Like challenging the idea of your standard and having those people around you, because I think a lot of people can get in those modes where we're just going through the motions of you're reading your word and or you're praying and okay, you're attending church like twice a week or whatever the case may be, but there's no real transformation that's happening or taking place. And so you just feel like you're stagnant and you're not feeling God's presence mm-hmm. actively moving in your life every day. And so I think it is moving into those spaces where people are helping you usher that in yeah. and challenging you and pushing you. That does make all the difference because You know, I think a lot of people, to your point, you were a Christian for a while, but that one thing that was missing were those people that Mm -hmm. were pushing you toward that standard. Because a lot of people come to God and even during their walk, they will say, I lost my fire for him. Or they don't know how they can continue to sustain, you know, this vigor and that phase that they had where it was just all about him. They were all in tune. And I know for me, anytime I'm with my friends, I just got back from Nashville. I was with my best friends. I always feel that much more poured into. I feel inspired, encouraged. But then seeing them, knowing there's people walking it out as well, like it just, it just makes all the difference. Yeah, like I I love that. I love too because it's not necessarily a comparison. But when you get around anointed people, you start realizing, like, oh, I'm not as far as I thought. You know? All right. Like when I, 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 you know, a Christian, always been a Christian. I, I would go to church and I was that person that didn't lift my hands, that didn't do, you know, I, I was just still. And I made excuse for that. I was just like, that's just who I am. That's how I worship. And then my sister in Christ, she invited me to her church. And she said, the Lord told her that I was going to find my worship. And it was because I got in this space around other worshipers. I got around my sisters in Christ at this Bible study. And we all of a sudden broke out into just tears. And, and like, I got to see, oh, I live so small for God. I think so small for God. And so getting around the right people will show you there's more to it. Not only that, when we're doing it alone, we start to believe certain things that are not true about ourselves, or we don't have someone pulling us up. We don't have someone saying, I don't know, sister, I don't know if that aligns with the word of God. Maybe we shouldn't be picking up these crystals. Maybe we shouldn't be doing these kind of things, but we don't know if we're doing it by ourselves or someone saying, I don't know, like the way you're thinking Let's pray. It's it's off. I see the enemy heart he- sitting heavy on you in this area. So you just want those people to connect with, to see the things that you don't see and to raise you above the standard that you think is okay in this season, but God calls you higher. I remember I just had a conversation. It was with someone I consider a mentor of mine, and they were talking about how they're very vocal and loud about their feelings towards someone or just letting them know the state of their relationship because they understand that the enemy loves to lie to people, especially in the dark and in their isolation. So when you're by yourself, he can try and twist that narrative that you have about, again, like you're saying, like yourself, your relationships with the people around you. And so again, to their point, it's important that I'm speaking life into you. So you have that reinforcement of what God is saying, because if it's not him speaking, like it is the enemy. And that's like that path and that deception that you can go down. I know I've experienced that myself and with other people and you know how like sometimes you'll just be talking to somebody and they'll interpret something the wrong way and you know all you had to do was communicate well like no like this is exactly what i meant Mm -hmm. this is what i I wanted to say but if you left room for interpretation their mind kind of just went blank and they kind of like made their own conclusion Mm -hmm. and that's the same way if we don't make our conclusion god then the enemy will try and like bring us to what he wants us to think so that makes a lot of sense to me and I know you mentor or rather disciple. I mean, both, honestly, a lot of women now, which is amazing. So I want you to just talk about that more. But my biggest question is, what is the biggest thing that you see 
that a lot of them struggle with. Yeah, I think it ties back into what we first started with was discipleship. A lot of women do not have that for many reasons. It's not always that those individuals are not available. It's because there's some deep wounds and some lack of trust and some healing that needs to take place for them to feel safe with people. So one of that being they don't have discipleship, they don't have someone correcting them and holding them accountable. Imagine if we got on a call and you said, I'm struggling with this. And I say, okay, let's, let's break it down in steps this week. Let's try this. And you come back next week. Cause I'm expecting you to have, it. I, listen, I want to do like, we ain't just gonna sit on this call. There ain't no progress I'll see you next week. If we ain't worked on nothing. And so like then right. I'm saying, okay, did you try this? Did you sit with God? Did you pray? What did God say? So discipleship, but I would definitely say in regards to their struggles is hearing God's voice for sure. Yeah. So what would you say to that? That was one of the questions that I did have for you because we, get that question a lot it's one thing that people really deal with especially when it comes to making decision i think a lot of people are paralyzed by okay what is it i need to do next like what is god saying what does the season of my life look like or what does it need to be how do you disciple people through that process what is your response in terms of helping people hear that small still voice yeah so i learned that many people even seasoned christians who know how to prophesy lay hands cast out do whatever they don't have a foundation it's like we either got in, got in spaces that's super advanced, super just anointed, and we just surpassed our like beginning stages. And now we're just in this process of like being used by God. Or there's those individuals who see people being used, see people being activated, and they think that's that. Like they just want to skip this whole journey of being a beginner, of being fresh on something. And so I would say the foundation, and that is one one, mastering fruits of the spirit. Let me say that. Because it's like, I want to hear God's voice, but I don't have no patience. So it's like, we can't get there yet. You know, like, I want to hear mm -hmm. God's voice, but I don't have no self-control. Or I have opened doors to the enemy. So I'm now filled with all this stuff. So we got to do some emptying before we can start being confident in that voice. Because if you have all these things you're allowing in, then how can we trust the voice? Because you allow secular music, which is the enemy, and we're allowing worse, like the word of God, like God is speaking. If anyone feels like God's not speaking to you, he is. He has so much filled in you. So we got to do some emptying and stay consistent in that emptying. We also have to get rid of some distractions because if we're, you know, living for the world, then of course there's going to be, God's voice is going to be muffled. And then more, most importantly, you know, we want to hear God in this loud screaming voice where he just appears and we see an angel in our sleep and just all this stuff. And it's like, start with finding rest. Like, do we actually know how to sit with God? That's mm -hmm. where I hear God. That's why started hearing God the most. And that's where I still hear God the most. I'm a mother, I'm a coach, I'm all these things. And so I may miss it sometimes, but when I learn to just sit with God and have no expectations, but to learn to know God, learn to love his presence and who he is, is when his voice grew so loud in me. The Lord has said, to, said this to me, a few weeks ago, I'm going to post a reel about it, how we desire the gifts of God and not the gift giver. And when we do that, right. we we start to idolize his hand and not his presence. And when we miss that, God will withhold certain stuff from us because if he gives us it, we will manipulate it. He can't trust us with it. He can't trust us with this prophetic anointing some people are called to be prophets but it's withheld because if we start prophesying next thing you know we're prophesying without the the one who gives us the gift to prophesy and now we're operating on that fine line of witchcraft mm -hmm. now we're operating in what we're good at 
how even my creativity, even, you know, you being good at singing or writing or whatever, God will give us these gifts and we want to be expanded and used in greater realms. And God's like, I got to hold something back because if I give you it all, you're going to go all the way left. And, and I value and love you so much that I don't want to lose you. So I'm going to withhold something because your heart and our communion matters more to me than giving you all these things that you desire. So going back to hearing God's voice, God speaks, but oftentimes we got to get rid of some distractions. We got to learn to sit and we got to learn to love God for who he is beyond his hand. And that's when things start to overflow and God gives us more. It says in the word of God, if you are faithful over little, you, he will give you much. And so are we faithful over the little in our lives? Or are we so focused on the much that God wants to give us? Even when it comes down to this loud, audible voice of God. Fact. No, I remember we did an episode. This was like two years ago now. It was called Famous Enough. And I remember a lot of people had a lot of comments and just insights they wanted to share. And one thing was the fact that we need to fall in love with God's heart, not his hand. Mm -hmm. And there's a song by one of my favorite CHH artists. His name is Aha Gazelle. And he says something about, I want to love God for who he is and not a stepping stone for me to make it. Yeah. And so those are the first few things that come to my mind after you saying that. And I also just recently came across something that said, when you run, you fall, but when you walk, you stumble. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it is God's grace and his hand that is reserving certain things that he does have for us mm -hmm. and not having us go on this meteoric garage of our purpose or this path we're supposed to go down or these gifts that we need to have because there's still things he needs to refine in us, yeah. right? In terms of our character, our heart toward him and what that means. Yeah. And so I love that, especially when it comes to hearing God's voice. I think that's the biggest thing, you know, it's like, okay, we want him and him alone. And then that's obviously when he can really draw near. And you also mentioned something about open doors yes. that we have open, whether that be to the enemy, the world, et cetera. What does that mean to you? What does that look like? And what does it mean to close off that access? Yeah. Open doors is pretty much as you, if you visualize an open door, it's a door that's open to the enemy. And so there are certain things that give the enemy access to us. And so we want to be intentional about keeping all of these doors closed so that he does not have access to us. He does not have legal rights to us. He doesn't have permission to bring unnecessary warfare or things in our life. A great example of that is soul ties. There are such things as good so godly soul ties, but there's such thing as an ungodly soul tie. And so an open door clearly would be fornication, clearly would be, and soul ties is deep. It's not just about sexual sin, but I'll stay on that topic where sexual sin opens up a door for the enemy to have access to torment us in different ways. Mm -hmm. One soul tie is for us to be drawn to an ungodly person. So now our soul mm -hmm. is in alignment with that person who's ungodly. Now we're feeling confused. Now we're feeling torn. Now we're feeling drawn. I can't stop. I can't stop. I can't stop talking to this person, loving this person. If only we'd follow what the Lord has called us to do, which is to save ourselves, then we wouldn't have this unnecessary um, torment or just experiences that's that we that God never promised for us to have right. so some I'll, I'll share just a few more open doors some open doors is unforgiveness mm -hmm. the word of God says that if you do not forgive then you will actually be turned over to tormentors and I actually should find a scripture to be able to quote that okay so just read pretty much most of Matthew 18 and it pretty much in summary says that there was a man who did not forgive. We really did not write off some debt. And it said that because he would not forgive that 
he's going to be turned over to the torturers. If we think about torture, that doesn't align with who God is. And so that's an open door if we choose not to forgive. We're literally handed over to the enemy. That brings unnecessary torment. Okay, so a quick break in the episode to tell you about the sponsor of today's episode. So today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service with a wide range of professional, licensed, and vetted therapists. I think we're all on this kick right now for 2024, looking at what we want to do differently or what we could do better. And I think the best way to go into anything new is to strip ourselves from anything that could be holding us back. And I think that therapy is a great for us to ultimately look at those areas in our life and give us tools to be able to manage that well. Oftentimes, there are a lot of conversations that are necessary to help us come to conclusions that we wouldn't be able to do on our own. I've definitely been an advocate of therapy and have gone through it myself, and I can say that I have seen tremendous results, and it's one of those things where you really don't know what to expect, but once you find someone that works for you and you actually do the work, you realize, oh, wow, like this does make a huge difference. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, definitely give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient and flexible with our schedules that we all know are absolutely crazy. You fill out a quick questionnaire and it partners you with some recommended therapists that could work for you. So if you're looking to take that step and make some progress in the right direction, visit betterhelp.com slash just different to get 10% off of your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash just different. So let's waste no more time and let's get back into it. That's always important to me because I think sometimes we can relinquish some of like our own authority that we have. And sometimes it's like we give unnecessary access like we forfeit a lot of the power that we do have um in a lot of ways because we don't recognize it whether that be listening to certain artists mm. being in certain environments that we think is very minuscule it's minute it doesn't do anything it's not that deep but it is mm. right and so i think to your point even certain relationships that we may get into that it's just oh this is just a fad it's just quick yeah. or this isn't really going to do anything to me you remove yourself from that situation. Now you're left with all of this baggage. You're like, oh, where did this come from? Like, okay. And so that's why I wanted to bring that up. And I think it's so important, especially in this conversation. So how do you close some of those doors and really walk into your authority in some sense of allowing God to really like do that work to remove some things? And I guess it's a conversation of almost like deliverance yes. in a sense of taking those steps to really remove these things that are attached to my soul and really give all that to God fully. Yeah. So I love that you said the word. It's going to be deliverance. Some are educated in deliverance. Some are not educated in deliverance. The first thing is to learn. That's what I would first start with because mm -hmm. it is very, very dangerous to go through deliverance and you don't know what you're being delivered from and how to stay free and where they came because specific demons co come through specific doors. And it's deep. It's not just about the decisions you made. It's ancestral. It's generational curses. It's It goes way back there. And so mm -hmm. I, I wish I could say an easy way to keep doors closed is just not to have sex anymore. Well, you, you have a spirit spouse. You have a soul tie. You have things that are attached to you. It's got to go. And so I would say go through the actual like formal deliverance, starting with, you know, closing those doors, starting with breaking soul ties, starting with forgiving, starting with, you know, breaking generational curses. Like it's, it's a journey. It's not a short thing. So that's what I would say is the first steps and then how to stay free comes along with that. Because when you go through it and you learn, you'll learn, okay, this is not worth me being back in bondage. So I'm not going to touch that. You know, once you start learning the specific ways that demons come, 
you'll be aware and you'll also know when they try to come back because that's the thing about deliverance you can keep your doors closed but the enemy always gonna try and press some perversion mm-hmm. on you Fact. press some fear on you press whatever on you and that's what you have to learn to stand in your authority and i believe 100 percent when it comes to deliverance that it is a partnership it's one a decision that you must be that you you have to partner with either the Holy Spirit and yourself, if you're doing it by yourself or the person that's guiding you through and you speaking back, you declaring. And so anyone who's just like, go, go, go. It's not, it's not equipping you the way that you should be equipped. And then that's where mentorship and discipleship comes in because you have these open doors. They're now closed, but now we have to walk it out with someone to help you. Right. So speaking to ship, what's one of the biggest lessons that you've learned for yourself as you've been pouring into other people, helping them on their journey. What's that been like for you on the other end, you know, in terms of that refinement process, what you've had to learn about yourself, being a leader, mentor, being a guide for someone else? Like what, what's that, what's all that been like? Well, the biggest thing is patience. God has had to Mm -hmm. show me. And if there's anyone who's not even necessarily in a space of mentorship, but has guided someone, a friend or given advice, and then you give them that advice and they run off and don't do nothing you told them to do. You know, so it's like it's learning that God had to show me that we all have our own journey. Imagine the people, mm-hmm. and that's for most of us. There was a grandmother or someone in our life at a young age that was like, Don't do that, you know, go this way. Like, we had mentors, whatever they look like, and we did not listen, but they still loved us. And so, that's the biggest thing is knowing that what I pour in or Holy Spirit pours into so that individual through me takes time. All I'm here to do is plant the seed. I have a coaching program literally called Closer to God in 30 Days. Am I going to say that every woman who leaves is on fire for God, prophesying, starting their own ministry? No. Some of them even go back after their deliverance and get bound again. But that is their journey. And so my only job is to be confident that I planted the seed because the enemy would love to discourage me and also to love them as they walk through this space because someone did it for me and Christ does it for us daily. Yeah, I think that's the most interesting part as I kind of step into it more, you know, all right, of course, having people that are pouring into me, but also like, I think discipleship as I'm doing that with my own peers, people who are younger than me who are coming into their faith, faith, it's like, I'm seeing how God loves me. You know, the moments that I'm frustrated, that I may get irritated, or I'm like, yo, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, so that's how God, you know what I mean? Okay, I I have my own journey in ways where I'm not as obedient as I should, or I missed the mark, or I'm just missing all these signals and cues, but that long suffering, right? And so that definitely makes all the difference. And I love that. And so I remember you mentioned something up front about your testimony in terms of you having to overcome and get through some unworthiness. And so I want to know, just, is that something that you feel now ever and how you help other people through that, whether they're in a position where they've been elevated and God's pushing like, oh, like I don't deserve this or like, I don't, I'm not qualified enough or, you know, they've gone through a lot of things where they now feel that way. I just saw someone make a comment on one of our posts or podcasts. They were like, I feel like I've just like ruined my purpose for Mm -hmm. my life and just things like that, you know? Yeah. Mm. Well, you mentioned unworthiness and then you mentioned unqualified (laughs) and I hear that's like two different things to me (laughs) because Mm -hmm. you could feel you, God can tell you to go in a direction, but you just don't feel ready versus unworthiness. I perceive it as like, 
I know me. I look at me in the mirror and there's some things I got going on and I don't believe mm-hmm. that it's either ready to be presented to the people or that people would would receive me well. And so I want anyone to know whether your unworthiness comes from childhood trauma, your worthiness comes from either you actively living in sin or just not feeling ready, that it is not you that make you worthy. It's not you that qualifies you. It's not in you at all. And that's what we see. We see ourselves. But it's in Christ and Christ alone. People were asking me to mentor them a year before I ever started. And I kept saying, no, I ain't got nothing to share with y'all. I don't like, I'm in my own season. Like I kept saying these right. things. And it just gets to a point where you're going to trust in God over your flesh. You have to make a choice one day. And I said, okay, God, I don't feel ready, but I'm going to go forth. And here's the thing. You may start and not feel ready. And starting could be anything. It doesn't have to be social media. You're not going to feel ready. But it's the journey that grows you. It's the mistakes you make that grows you and builds up your confidence and your dependence on God. If there's something that we want to do, but we don't have to trust in God in it, we got to question if God is actually in it. Because it's always going to require us to rely on him. And it's not going to stop. And so for anyone who's feeling unworthy and unqualified, it comes in layers. God is shifting me to a new season in 2024. And I'm like, baby, I don't know how. You talk about me? Like, isn't it prophesied? I don't be on stages. And I'm like, stage what? I'm nervous to just, I'm nervous to raise my hand at church and ask a question. Right. Let alone, you know, or pray, pray in front of 50 people. And you tell me 50,000 I'm about to be talking mm-hmm. to. And so, like, know that every season you're not going to feel qualified to do it. But trust in the Lord and you will see in due time that you are ready. Especially if he told you to go for it. I think... That definitely makes all the difference. I think sometimes we try to put ourselves in that seat. We are the ones that validate yeah. us or give us the pass or the permission. Yeah. And it's always God. And whatever he begins, he starts. No one else can disrupt and he's going to be the one that finishes it. And I always used to tell people that, and I would hear it myself, that if you have a dream that doesn't scare you, it's not big enough. But the idea is God's always going to call you to something that you can never do, yes. you know, from yourself, through yourself, by yourself. It's always going to be through him and through his spirit. And so anytime I come across one of those mountains or I'm looking at, okay, what is 2024 going to be? And like what I know, like I'm seeing and what people are telling me, it's like, okay, like it's going to have to be God. Yeah. And, you know, that's where he receives all the glory for that. Yeah. And so I'm curious to know right now, it's more off the cuff, but what is the biggest lesson You've learned more recently that you feel you've gathered, you've been studying, that's really hit home and that's been really pressed on my heart. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good one. I feel like I have so many, but I'm going to trust in the, because you got to trust the voice of the Lord. That's when you, <laughs> hold up, when you struggle to hear God's voice, <laughs> and I heard the first thing, so I'm going to go with the first thing and I'd be like, that ain't good enough. No, I'm going to I'm going to go. Okay. Holy mm-hmm. Spirit, I'm going to trust in you. The biggest thing for me is forgiveness. You know, we, from January until now, there have been people either I know or people who I don't know that have harmed me. And if if anyone does not know, when it comes to deliverance, that unforgiveness is the greatest, one of the greatest open doors. And so, of course, the enemy is going to make me want to be bitter and frustrated at people because they have legal right. And I cancel that in the name of Jesus because I forgive. Mm-hmm. And so forgiveness has been a big thing for me for many aspects of like, wow, I have to really see like, the humanness and the humanity in somebody. I have to see, I have to, my, one thing my pastor told me, she was like, you have to see these individuals or this person the way God sees them. Not the way, not their mistakes, 
Because what if people seen you that way when you have road rage and went off on somebody? Now they say you're not a woman mm-hmm. of God. No, see them the way Christ sees them. So forgiveness and then also tie into forgiveness, like people who intentionally hurt you, like go out of their right. way to tear you down, to ruin your name. And they have no type of type of sincerity at all. Ain't apologize yet. And mm-hmm. look and tell you to your face they ain't sorry. So like how do I go about that? when those who have deeply wounded me. And that's where my true faith and my true Christ-like being is becomes tested. And time and time again, I've had to come out of agreement with unforgiveness, literally declare that I forgive, but also to pray and to bless them. It's hard to bless people who curse you, but that's what, what we're supposed to do. So I would say forgiveness has been a challenge for me that I have to wake up every single day and do. Forgiveness is a choice, one, and it's something we make daily, whether that's your mother who hurt you or neglected you and abandoned mm-hmm. you as a little girl, and she's still the same way. She's not changed. You have to forgive her daily because you encounter her daily. Or, I mean, right. and forgiveness can be in small aspects. You can be married. You're going to have to forgive daily as a wife and as a husband you got to forgive your pastors whoever because we are human and so we have to accept that humanity in people and to love them and to see them the way christ sees them i remember i heard something i think it's just that idea of unforgiveness rather it keeps you connected i think it's almost you giving permission i was thinking about how at times we will put conditions on our happiness or maybe even our joy. And like we give all of these entities, these people or relationships permission, essentially, like we give them this like authority to give us permission. So I was thinking about this in the context of like money, right? So it's just like, all right, like if I don't have X amount of dollars in my bank account, if I'm not making X amount of money, then I am like making a contract with myself that I'm not going to be happy. I'm not going to access joy. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to allow myself to live. But I think that can apply to so many different things, especially in this conversation. It's like, okay, like if this person doesn't apologize or if this behavior continues, whatever it is, I can't forgive and I'm going to reserve my right to just be hurt and to be disgruntled and to be irritated and just allow this this weight. And so I think, again, to your point, forgiveness, it breaks that agreement and that contract between us and that person or that situation. And we have to continuously make that decision as it comes up, whatever trigger that is, when that person comes around. But it frees us up for more of God. I mean, what he wants us to do, because how can we continue to move if we're still bound and down? So, and just going back to the scripture we quoted a few minutes ago about if you don't forgive you, the enemy has legal, right? And so forgiveness is not righting somebody's wrongs. It's not saying what they did to you was right. It's choosing to honor God above your feelings. And so if you say, I can't forgive, you're literally saying, God, I will not. Cause the word of God says to, And so then we have a conflict with the Lord because the Lord's like, you're not honoring what my word has said. And so forgive Mm -hmm. because it's honoring God, but also it sets you free in so many ways. And so do it even if it's hard to. So I'm thinking about right now, like I think a lot of times um, we can struggle with like, whether that be choosing God, but also choosing to walk in a Christ-like character. Mm -hmm. And so I want to know for you, what do you do in those moments when it's the last thing that you want to do, when you need to forgive, when you need to walk in patience, or just honestly choosing God when you don't feel like it? Because I think a lot of times, even this year for me, 
I've had to really press in because sometimes you're not going to feel this presence that's just so heavy and it's going to be the most desirable thing to do. Oh, I don't want to pray or I don't necessarily want to get in my word. I'd rather be isolated than go to community. So what does that look like for you in terms of you pressing through those moments? Yeah, well, if our flesh is not submitted to Christ, then the spirit cannot reign. And so how do we submit our flesh to Christ? Most likely a fast. And so that's going to be the first thing I would say is get it back in godly order and remove those distractions, not just ridding yourself of food, but ridding yourself of anything that's in the way that will make you desire to, to not have a taste for the father. Because it's not that you have a distaste for nothing. You just have a distaste for the Lord because you have a distaste for the world. And so getting your flesh back in godly order. And then another thing I would say, in, like when it comes to just you and your relationship with God would be to be honest. It's so it's so hard. It's one of those things that we don't do with God. Just to say like, right. you know, we, we feel like we need to approach this throne and our out father, this like, and God's like, just come to me, daughter. And so there's some days where like, God, I feel like, period. Like, I, I don't feel like it. I'm tired. I'm frustrated. There's been times, I'm not going to speak on a date, but it's been times I had a, I a couple a cuss, cuss word while I'm talking to him, but I had to repent. But it's like, he rather us come to him naked. I think of Adam and Eve when they hid themselves with the fig leaves. He, that's not the version of him. That's not the version he knows. You want to present yourself mm -hmm. as this this version of you and what you hide cannot, you cannot heal from and he cannot touch. And so it's like, take off your fig leaves, come to me dirty, frustrated, angry, bitter, whatever, and be honest with me, but don't just vent without allowing the Holy Spirit to fill you. And so first vulnerability, but also end it with, well, Lord, I trust you. Well, Lord, I'm having a hard time. Help me. And then and then redirect your mind of what it looks like to dwell with God. It's so easy to say, well, if I'm not in my Bible, I didn't spend time. If I didn't speak in tongues and tarry in the house for 20 minutes, I'm not with God. God is here. The Holy Spirit lives within us. And so when you don't feel like moving, don't sit. That's the beautiful thing about the Lord. We don't have to go to a temple. We don't have to go to a place and walk right. or drive there. Instead, the His Spirit lives within us. And so you don't have to do the things. Be the thing. Be the daughter. Be the son. And rest with God and allow him to fill you. Mm, B. I love that. I just was talking to my friends to your point about just being honest, transparent, and vulnerable. Cause sometimes we can put up this face coming to God. It needs to be religious, it needs to be clean, it needs to be very professional. Like we're writing some professional email or whatever when we're praying. And we were talking about how it's almost it's uncomfortable whenever we're in different spaces, whether like we're at work or let's just say we're out and we're with people that may not necessarily be believers, but we're just conversing with, talking to, and they'll say something or do something and be like, oh, oh like, I'm sorry, like, yada, yada, yada. It's like, but we're like, you're okay. You know what I mean? Like, yo, like, that's not going, I'm not about to like fall over and die because like you said like a cuss word, like, or whatever. And the idea of that is like, we want people to feel like they can come be like authentic in front of us. Like, you don't have to put up some facade, like you have it together. Or you're not still struggling with X, Y, and Z. Like let's be honest and like talk this through and like, we're not going to judge you or look at you any differently. You know, like we've, we've been there, we're processing as well. And so to your point, I believe God has that same type of attitude of love and wanting us to be who we are in this totality, the good, the bad, the ugly. Yes. So we don't have to watch what we, well, you know, like we don't have to like, just feel like we have to be so censored mm -hmm. around him rather yes. more than anything. He know your thoughts um, anyways. So what are you hiding? <laughs> right? <laughs> What are we running from? But the Lord said, I know what's in your brain. So as much as you talk right. about it, I heard what you said. You filtered it, but it wasn't filtered because it got to me before it filtered out of your mouth. So it's like, why even hide? Like sometimes 
even that, like, we'll walk around thinking thoughts, and then we forget that, oh, shoot, God, you, you listen to all of this. Right. Forgive me, Lord. So, yeah. Oh, my goodness. And I think this is one of my last questions, but um, it reminds me, I think that one thing that's helped me this year is understanding the omnipresence of God. To your point of he's here and he's he is always with me. And whenever you really have a true revelation of that reverence, fear and respect really changes how you walk out everything and kind of mentioned this a little bit about how you don't worry about coming across hypocritical. You show yourself one way online and it's different in your personal life. And I think in part, you yourself understand this, like he's always here, right? And so like, if he's like the measuring stick, the barometer for how I'm being judged and how I'm walking out my life and, you know, what my approval is, then it's like, he sees me everywhere. It's not just when other people do, it's at all times. And so to that point, you mentioned something about dwelling and resting. So what does that mean? How has that showed up in your own life? Because I don't think that's something people always recognize or know or something we practice a lot. You know, I used to get in a habit of just speaking, talking to God, and I never took a time to just sit and be still, you know what I mean? And wait for whatever he needs to tell me. Yeah. yeah. And it's something I'm still working through, but it's more mm -hmm. so a posture, not a thing that you do. If you feel as though, you know, kids mm, are distracting good. or, you know, your, your things are too much is on your mind. Then the first step foundation is just to sit. And often we sit with God in, ex in expectation of a result or getting something we want out of it. Like, well, God, if I sit with you, you got to tell me if this is my husband. It's like, God, like, you don't want to be with me. Like, you just don't want to hang out with me. And so I've learned to just be like, God, you're here and you mm -hmm. give me what I need. It may not be an answer your presence is here. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm desiring is your peace calming of my mind, casting my cares onto you. And so my dwelling process is just a lot of emptying and dumping, dumping because we went the whole day being filled with the world un right. unintentionally. We can't help it. You know, I'm watching something on the TV. All of a sudden YouTube pops an ad and now I'm seeing a scared. I'm like, come that's so <laughs> invasive. That's why I'm going to be on TikTok. They're so invasive. Right. Now you see someone with tarot cards, palm readings. I'm like, I got to like, I gotta lay this down at the bottom. Uh. You know, so it's just like, there's just things we cannot control because we live in a worldly world. And so mm -hmm. that's just laying things down. That's, you know, casting literally my cares upon him because he cares for me. And that's where I sit. I don't have an expectation. I'm just sitting here like, Holy Spirit, thank you for being here. And I'm, I'm a visual girl. So some people are like, okay, what do I do when I sit? And my mind goes everywhere. And so I talk about this in my program of like imagining Christ sitting before you. And he's just telling you to rest. Like just constantly remind you, lay it down, rest, sit with me. I imagine, you know, not necessarily the visual of Christ, but I imagine like his presence. And then I have another visual where I imagine myself in a boat. Like you think of like the sea and there's like waves because that's what the world is. The sea is the waves. It's the rocking and this boat is rocking. And I see the Lord before me sitting on the other side of this boat saying, rest, daughter. The, the waves won't hurt you. The boat won't won't roll over. And so finding that place of just true um, peace with God. And then that's the sitting aspect. But then as the day to day, it's just taking God along with me. And I've learned one of the pivotal things that helped me remain in God to dwell in God is just to ask God questions. Sometimes we're like, God, I want to hear your voice. And God, like, you ain't asked me to, it's it, like, you know, <laughs> like, Real talk. you know, like, and, or Real talk. we'll ask something so vague, like, is he my husband versus like, God, what do you want me to wear today? How do you want my hair to be like today? Worshiping and thanking him for the dishes, sitting there and saying, 
okay, this person came to my mind. What do they need? Asking, I ask specific questions. What does my husband need today? Oh, he needs love. What is this person? Like, I need to reach out to this person. You know, like not just sitting there in a blank state if that's not where you can be, but literally communing with God because that's what he wants. I find that if I find that I will just randomly be doing something like doing my hair and my mind went way left. I'm thinking about, I'm, yeah. I'm making up stories about if somebody says something <laughs> to stories, me, it's crazy. I already clap back. It's a person clap back, so I ain't no cuss words in there. But it's like, I, or I'm thinking about something that happened in the past that I should have said something better mm-hmm. about. And it's like, Oh my goodness. That's the worst. You're not not here. You're not present with Mm -hmm. me. And that's our biggest thing. We're either so future focused about what's next, what bill, what man, what this, or we're so past focused about what, what could have been differently versus like sitting with God and asking our questions in that moment and thanking God. So dwelling is not just, again, uh, a pop. It's not just what you do. It's a posture that you have. Take him with you everywhere because he is. He literally be like in front of you like, hello, I'm here. Knock, knock. And we be like, it's so anyways, girl. Yeah, he got on my nerves. And he's like, if you can so acknowledge me, you know, I'm right here. So just acknowledging that he, he's there and slowing down to allow him to be there. Oh, my goodness. You barring me up right now. No, I think, yeah, it's that that part. Sitting with no expectation. Right. And then I love how you mentioned being very like nuanced and specific with our requests and the questions that we ask God, because I've very much recently been challenging myself with the idea of glorifying God in everything. And when it says everything, it meant everything. Right. So to your point, we don't even think about that. And I've been having to challenge myself with that down to what should I wear? What is appropriate for this occasion, for this conversation, for this person, for this situation? And then also really having the faith to believe that you are going to be guided in that direction. God cares and he wants to answer us, let us know what is pleasing to him and like what's best for us. And and when we think about Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit is a friend. And so when we see Holy Spirit as our friend, when we see what Jesus gave to us to live inside of us, to be our guide, our helper, that's what, that's what Holy Spirit, that's who the Holy Spirit is. Then we won't see Holy Spirit or God as just like this spiritual being, but truly a friend, a friend that Mm -hmm. we can hang out with, spend time with, go, have we went on a lunch date with the Lord? And literally, you know, commune with him, sat with him and things like that. So just sometimes undoing our thinking of the God that we serve. Yes, he's mighty. Yes, he's he's powerful. Yes, we should honor and reverence him. But he also wants to be our friend. Yeah. Yeah, he's close. He's very close. This was amazing. Yeah. I really love this. I'm very appreciative. We were already talking about it, but we tried to make this happen a while ago. And I'm glad that we still are able to. It's been amazing seeing you and your rise and what God's doing with you and obviously like what's coming next platforms okay i see it you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) and then i know it's gonna help a lot of people they obviously we have a i guess a significant amount of people that are familiar with you and that have been requesting this so i'm glad that we're able to make it happen so yeah i'm very appreciative of you and then also let them know where they can find you what you have going on socials everything else of course well again thank you for having me here i'm truly honored and some ways that you can discover me i'm on tiktok but not really like i said i'll be doing the tiktok holy spirit gonna have to tell me clearly to get out there because there's a lot going on okay but I am on Instagram, so my app name is Kaya the Creator. 
creative, K-Y-A, the, and then like creative. Um, I also am a mentor, like I said, so I teach in one-on-one -on -one settings if that's what you need, but I also offer group coaching programs. So if you want to get in community and you want to learn from beginning to, not, I wouldn't say end, but from the beginning and establish your foundation, how to grow closer to God, I have that, but I also have something new that's launching and that's the Christian social media ministry. So I know a lot of women desire to be truly activating their gifts. They're online. The Lord has called them to be in this space. They don't know how to navigate it and do it the way that's God honoring. So that is launching for sure in January. So be on the lookout for that. And he's told me to launch a YouTube. So there's a lot going on and it's all to glorify I his love name. It. So I'm excited. All right, perfect. Well, thank you again for coming on. This was absolutely amazing. Definitely go check it out. It'll all be in the description and we'll catch y'all soon. Yeah, bye. Much love.